Welcome to the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway podcast, where you will hear transformational stories, positive encouragement, and practical strategies to help you grow your mindset, reach your potential, live your dreams, and experience a purpose-driven, impact-filled life. Here's your host, Alan Blaine. This is Alan Blaine, and I'm very excited to bring you my special guest today, my dear friend, Joel Merritt. Joel grew up in a farming community in Central California in a God-fearing, all-American farming family and took a path that led him to realize deteriorating health and obesity, alcoholism, broken relationships, depression, and anxiety. At age 39, Joel left the family farm in California for Indiana, leaving behind the known for the unknown, and with only his immediate family and the income from their newly started direct sales business. Today, five years later, Joel and his wife, Gabby, have grown their home business to become one of the top 1% in the industry and also co-own a thriving multiple location automotive repair business. Currently, Joel and Gabby continue building both businesses as they homeschool their five children, serving their church family in various ways, including singing on the worship team and leading a discipleship group. Joel desires to honor God in all that he's called to do. Joel, welcome to the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway podcast. Thank you so much, Alan, for having me on. I'm just blown away with this opportunity. Well, I'm really excited to bring your story to light for all the listeners because I've known it for many years. You've been an inspiration and an encouragement to Nicole and I, and I have no doubt your story is going to encourage many, many other listeners as well. But what I'd like to start off with, if you could just, I mean, I read a little bit of your bio here, but could you just elaborate a little more on kind of the backstory of your life? Sure thing. So I did. I grew up in Porterville, California, into a farming family. It is a very large, very successful farming operation. I loved everything about it. I was fourth generation there. And from the time I was a child, I worked it. I loved it. I pursued it in college, in ag business, farmer ranch management. And I came back and I worked it with my family. And it was an amazing opportunity. Got married. I was blessed with five children. Still have all of that. Thank the Lord. But as responsibilities grew in that, I found myself just pursuing it more and working and working and working and really neglecting my family. And that took a major toll in my life. It took a major toll in my health. It led into alcoholism. It led into just taking my own path in life. When I realized that after a lot of hardship and trouble, I was able to gather myself and and I understood that I needed to leave. I needed to leave that behind what I had set up as my identity and get out of California and go across the country. And at that point, we didn't have anything in place. We just knew we needed to trust the Lord with this. And we did that. Moved across the country. We had just started a small business uh, in direct sales. And we said, we're going to build this. Well, the Lord put another business in our laps at the same time to work with, and he blessed it. We worked. We didn't have much at that point, but he provided and provided. And over the last five years, he has grown both of those businesses beyond anything we could have ever imagined. And he has involved us in our church in so much community. It has been, it blows my mind what the Lord does when you're just faithful. 
I love it. It's been so fun to get to see you guys just walking by faith and being faithful and being diligent to work hard and seeing God bless that. And what most people don't realize just from hearing what you shared is the farm operation, your family farm that you left at age 39. I mean, I know it was a substantial business. I think a lot of people, when they think of farms, I don't know, they might think of something mom and pop-ish and kind of smaller and, you know, maybe a few acres or whatever, but how big of operation was that? I forget how many acres and, and all the kind of stats behind it, but that was a big business, right? Yeah, we were very large. We were just a little under 12,000 acres. And that's not including the extra large cattle ranch that we grazed cattle on as well. It took our entire family and many, many other folks doing that. And that's why in leaving that situation, it was so hard for me. I had envisioned being there and envisioned working with the family. I envisioned owning and operating that. And we did well. We were set up, so to speak. And people looking in from the outside, it looks crazy that we would walk away. But we knew the Lord calling us to something different. And I knew that I was self-destructing. I needed something different. I needed to be obedient. And I think that says a lot about your character too, and just your willingness to put your own family's needs and best interest ahead of maybe what could have appeared at least at the time of an incredible financial future to stick around with, like you said, farming 12,000 acres in California. And how many acres was the cattle running on? Was that another 30 or 40,000? We were approximately 65,000. Wow. Wow. So big, big successful operation. And and I know several members of your family there in California, I love them dearly. And I can only imagine how difficult that must've been on one hand, you know, to have to leave and move away very much respect that decision though. And we have some things in common coming from a family business years ago and third generation. I was third generation. Were you third generation as well? I was fourth generation farming. Fourth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And doing this big move across country all the way to Indiana. And now five years later, I mean, crushing it in both of your businesses. What would you say has been one of the keys to your success in business and in life? Because I, let me add one more thing before you answer that, Joel, just for our listeners sake, I was really excited to have your interview on this podcast, because as I said in episode one, when I defined my idea of success, it is so much more than just financial success, business success, although that is obviously a part of it, of success. It's one aspect of success, you know, just watching you and Gabby and your marriage and your parenting and and your health. And I want to get to your health transformation too, because I know that was a huge challenge. I'm talking more about the alcoholism and the obesity and some of those things that I mentioned in your bio, the depression, the anxiety. But just when I look at you, Joel, again, I'm not foolish to think that you're not without challenges today because we all have them and always will, but you are living a very successful life physically, spiritually, emotionally, relationally, and uh, it's inspirational. What would you say would be one or more of your keys to your success? Well, that's easy. It was Jesus Christ. And without that, I would have not been where I'm at today. It was that saving grace. It was that mercy that I could accept of his that allowed me to do the things I needed to do, to say no to the things I needed to say no to, to leave behind the stuff that was holding me back, to discipline myself, to do things differently. So really after that, he allowed me to change my nutrition, my behavior. He allowed me to study. I was digging into 
first and foremost, the Bible, but then I was also digging into all types of personal development books, self-help, just ones on how to live, how to be a friend, how to make friends, how to be consistent, how to encourage just all these things that I struggled with. I had to relearn how to live. And there were many, many tools along the way to do so, but without a doubt, community and the people we surround ourselves with was huge. I had to let go of relationships and it didn't matter how close, some family, some friends, and look for people that I wanted to be like, that I knew were loving the Lord, that I knew were walking with him, that I knew were successful in the areas I was up until that point unsuccessful at. They were successful in raising their families. They were successful in health. They were successful and it's successful in finances as well as many other things. I had to look for that community and I had to surround myself with those types of people. So Christ, so many tools and community is huge. Accountability. That's a big one. Not only what we're filling our mind with, as you were talking about, both with the Word of God and the other books that have been written that ironically, or maybe not so ironically, are founded on biblical principles. If they're good principles, they are founded on biblical principles and the help that that's been. But also, as you said, just trying to be aware of the toxic, if you will, or the negative things in our environment, whether Mm -hmm. that's people, things, the news, whatever it may be. And removing those things. So, so much good wisdom that you shared there. Take us back. Like I said, you're living a very successful life, but it wasn't always that way. And you've alluded to that. What were some of those big challenges that caused you to make such a drastic move to leave family, to leave a big business, family business, to move from California to Indiana five years ago? You know, I wish I could say I was smarter or quicker or that it was easier to make that decision, but it wasn't. I did everything I could not to make that decision. So much so that when I saw the handwriting on the wall, I felt the nudges from the Lord. And at that time, I wasn't even following him. I was doing my own thing. I had separated myself and I was working 80 to 90 hours. And my wife, she was ready to go. She was like, it doesn't matter what we do. Let's go somewhere. We'll make it. And I was like, this is what I've studied. This is what I was born into. This is what I am. And I wish I could say that it was easy, but man, I had to go through some serious, serious issues. The health challenge you mentioned, I was over a hundred pounds heavier than I am now. I had struggled with weight since I was married. And as the responsibilities increased, I had put on a lot of weight, a lot of bad health habits, There was drinking involved um, that escalated rapidly towards the later years and irregular eating patterns that led to a really sick lifestyle. I'm talking sick where I was lethargic. I I had infections, uh, sinus infections of which I had operations for. I mean, left and right, I was challenged with these different things. I didn't feel like doing anything. And so I was sick in that way. It was hindering my walk. It was hindering my work. It was hindering how I could be to my family. But ultimately, when the Lord was nudging me to walk away, I doubled down and said, I'm not going anywhere. And that's when things got really, really bad. Aside from the health, the health got worse. Anxiety, the depression that came with it, you know, the struggle of being unhealthy along with having to self-medicate just to sleep. And then it grew and it grew to where it dominated my life. And this went on for several years. I wound up having to go to rehab for alcoholism 
I was being counseled through my church, biblical counseling. I also had a professional Christian therapist that I was going to. I had lots of community come around me in prayer and support. I had a lot going for me before and even after. And then the Lord finally gave me that opportunity, full circle, gave me some clarity and said, this is all I'm asking you to do is leave that behind and go. And he had to break down the barriers in my heart. And at that point, I was ready to run. And I was like, let's go. I don't know what's going to happen, but let's go. So that's what I went through. And that's how I got to that decision point. So you said you lost over 100 pounds. Is that correct? That is right. And for our listeners, you're what, six foot tall, maybe? Is that about right? Six on the money. So what did you weigh at your heaviest during that season there? My heaviest, that's still a, a theory, but I do know at the time I stepped on the scale to really begin this journey, I was about 287-ish. 287. Okay. You know, for those on the podcast, they can't see you and have never met you. Hopefully someday many will get to meet you or see you at some point. But Joel is six foot, 180 pounds, 85 pounds, lean, mean, just healthy machine. And (laughs) it's fun to see this all these years later. By the way, what were you feeling during that time as it relates to that cycle you were kind of in? Did you feel helpless, hopeless? What did that feel like? Man, the emotions can sometimes overwhelm me when I think back about that stuff. But regarding it all, there were literally days I didn't think I was going to make it to my daughter's wedding and they're little girls. You know, now they're they're a little bit older now. But in my mind, I was setting myself up that I wasn't going to be around. I knew I was so unhealthy, but I knew I was reaching for that drink again just to calm the war that was going on inside my heart. And it was hard. If I just focused on the health challenge and if I just focused on how I looked in the mirror and the clothes that didn't fit and I love to swim and play water polo, I love being outdoors in the hot California Central Valley, I wouldn't even go out to the pool. You know, I I couldn't even stand to look at myself. But then you put that into the other stuff with the alcoholism. And, you know, I was on medications for blood pressure and irregular heartbeat. I was a mess. I could go on for a long time just about the health problems, but I didn't think I was going to make it. I was almost setting myself up to just accepting it. How many medications were you on at that time? For eight years, I was on two. One for the irregular heartbeat that also was supposed to help with the uncontrollable blood pressure. And then another one directly for the blood pressure. And then I I had some issues with iron deficiency. So I, I was on and off different things for eight years. And my blood pressure was still through the roof. He just said, it's good for you. You know, your family, it runs in your family kind of thing. Right. Are you on any of those medications today? No, thank the Lord. I am not on any medications. For better or for worse, I haven't had to go to the doctor in over five years. That is the power of amazing nutrition. During that time of alcoholism and excessive weight gain, as you said, obesity, 100 pounds overweight, did you just give up on your health at that point? Or did you ever try, hey, I got to do something about this. I want to get back in the swimming pool. I want to feel good about myself again. I know I'm not healthy. Did you ever try losing weight? Oh, yeah, I did. I tried multiple different methods, if you want to call them that, all from starving myself to keto. I mean, I've done all of them. And I've been successful as far as getting thinner with all of them. But I never got healthier. And on every one, I put on that weight plus another 10 easy. So I was up and down that roller coaster for about 15 years. 
until I finally found something that worked, something it was just an amazing tool God put into my life and has blessed it. What do you think the big difference was between, as you said, so many of the other things you tried that you were able to lose weight? Ironically, this is two episodes in a row where I've had a guest on that's lost over 100 pounds. Didn't plan it that way. Didn't think it would be that way. And ironically, they're the first two episodes of 2023 when most people are thinking about goal and weight loss being one of them with 70% of the population being either overweight or obese. I find it pretty ironic, but anyway, I wish I could have planned it that well, and I didn't. So I am curious. I'm sure our listeners will be curious as well. What do you think was the big difference between, you said you tried a lot of things and lost a lot of weight? Two things I think I heard you say, you never got healthier, you just got thinner, and you always gained the weight back. It wasn't sustainable. What was the difference? Because yeah. I know you've had this 100 pounds off now for how long? Has it been about the five years or so? Yeah, yeah. I started losing the weight over five years ago. Five years ago is when we left California, but I had started that journey you know, a little bit before then, and I continued it, and I continued to lose that weight after the move, and thank the Lord I've been able to keep that weight off for four and a half, maybe a little bit less, four and a half years. Thank the Lord. And yes, the key was sustainable. Everything that I went into, I went in with the mindset like, I'm going to crush this, I'm going to hit this crash diet, whatever it was, this trend and I can do that. I think a lot of us can do that. We can go into the gym and work out all day long, maybe for a week straight or a month straight. But can we do that every day consistently, you know, for better or for worse? And I can't take any of the credit for any of this. You know, all of these things have happened to me by the grace of God. My wife, she was encouraging me whole food nutrition, whole food supplementation. And for those 15 years, she said, would you try this? I'm like, eh, I got my thing. I got my thing. And finally, I took it. I was like, okay, whatever. I'll try it your way. And again, I only tried it because I wanted to lose the weight. It wasn't that I thought I was going to get healthier. It wasn't any of it. But I found that I got healthier. Lo and behold, I got healthier. The issues I had, the pains that I had started going away and went away. The issues I had, I was on medication for went away. I was naturally able to heal myself because that's what our bodies do when we give it what we need. And in that, I'm, I'm intrigued. And so I started digging and, and understanding more of the process and of what nutrition does. And so it was good nutrition and consistent nutrition every day and doing the same thing. And I've done the same thing for the last five years. And it's worked out and it's helped a lot of other people in the process. My family is amazingly healthy. They never sick. My wife is the picture of health. It's just been a blessing. Yeah, well, it's been fun to get to see your transformation and just uh, hundreds of others that we've got to witness since we're both involved with the same company. What a blessing that has been to so many of us and that community you talked about mm -hmm. of loving, caring people that are all growth minded and wanting to support others and grow and improve in various areas of their life. Was there like an aha moment for you, Joel? Like what changed? I guess that's what I'm dying to know. Like what changed from this cycle that you were in to making a change with your health, making a change to move? Is it one thing or was it a combination of things? I had gotten so wrapped up in doing my own thing, following my own thoughts, not listening to advice. We all educate ourselves in different ways and we all make up our minds in certain ways. And I was really rigid and trying to control the situation on my own. But I saw where that got me. And I think I got to that point, you know, with all these trials, the alcoholism, the sicknesses, I mean, really the broken marriage, 
It's a miracle my wife is still with me, but the power of a praying wife is amazing. And she's praying for me. She's being committed to her Lord and Savior, and that benefited me and my family. And I think at that point, I was like, if this is where my control and my leading of my life gets me, is near death, near broken marriage, near all of this stuff. But yeah, maybe you got a farm here. Maybe you got wealth here. Maybe you have that. That's not success. I'm going to lose all of this. So the aha moment was, man, I need to return back to my Lord and Savior. I need to realign my life with what I know to be true, but I wasn't doing. And I had to dig back into the word. And he started breaking down those walls and opening my eyes to all the way that I was doing, the things that I was listening to, the things that I was believing weren't the things that were beneficial to me. And they definitely weren't beneficial to anyone else. So if that was the aha moment was, wow, I walked away. I tried it my own way. And this is where it got me. I need to align back with Christ and go that way. However imperfect, that's the direction I need to go. You know, we have a couple of things in common in what you just shared. I, I love what you shared. I, I was 28 years old when I had a similar experience of just realizing, hey, my way is not working out too well. This plan I thought I had for my life is not true happiness. It's not true success, even though outwardly we were both in a similar situation where a lot of people on the outside might have thought, hey, that's a successful all-American looking family. And also we both have amazing wives. And I know Gabby personally as well. And I know what a blessing it is having Nicole that like Gabby was always faithful and praying and supportive and loving and caring all the way through when I was really unlovable. So that's so fun to get to be friends with amazing people like that and see the encouragement that you are to all of us. How do you view all those challenges now? I mean, now they're several years behind you. When you think back on them, how do you view it just in general? The fact that you went through all that. Yeah, I think it's weird to say that I'm grateful for it because I've really asked myself, would I have avoided that? Could have I avoided it? Yeah. But you know what? I look back at my life and I've spent a big part of my life avoiding having to deal with a lot of things, which got me to where I was. And it's the trials. It's the hard things that we walk through following the Lord in faith that stretches us and grows us and makes us something bigger and better than we could be on our own. That was evident in my life and how I did things. And that's the way I look at it. And the thing is, we can't go back and change it anyways. On one hand, I, if I dwell on it and think like, oh man, so many missed opportunities, so many problems I created, so much money I cost myself, so much whatever it is, it doesn't do any good. It's just loss. But if I think, wait, I was educated. For whatever it's worth, I received a huge education that I can use to glorify Jesus Christ first and foremost, but I can help others that have been there. I can have compassion on people that I didn't before because it was easy to walk by and see that person on the street. It's easy to walk by and say, well, they need to just stop doing that. Right. It's not like that. And once you find yourself in that place, man, there is so much that goes into it. So the compassion, the lessons learned, the ability to come alongside somebody and say, hey, there's hope. There's absolute hope and freedom in anything that you're involved in. It may not be what I went through, but there is somebody else that has walked through this and come out on the other side. Speaking of that, you know, being able to offer hope and encouragement to others, what would you say to somebody who's listening to this episode right now and they're in the middle of their pain, their struggle? 
whether it's their husband, their wife, or some other challenge they may be going through personally? What would you say to them? There's hope. There's hope in Jesus Christ. That's where I got my hope and strength and ability to just to transform my heart, to even just start the process. All those things that you mentioned, you know, a, a challenging marriage, whatever is a work situation, another relationship, health. I mean, I can look at my life as like, man, I'm really hard headed because I have struggled with all those things. We're only talking about a couple of big elephants in the room, but all of that stuff, I have made a lot of bad decisions and I have had to walk through those and learn in that. But Jesus Christ was my saving grace and the grace that I get every day because every day we're faced with a new situation. I love that, Joel. And I love that because as you're sharing that, I've seen you time and time again, just because we're close enough. I've seen you get to encourage others and Gabby as well. You know, you have an amazing wife as well. And Gabby, as you know, and both of you in different ways with different people being able to encourage people going through various struggles based on things that you've been through. So I see you living that out. And it is so fun to see if you could go back in time before all that stuff, and if you could just give yourself one piece of advice, what is it? one piece of advice you may give yourself, your younger self, before you hit all those challenges in life? What would it be? I think it would be, hey, you don't know everything. You can't do this life alone. We're not designed to walk this life alone. And whoever we walk this with, we're going to be the average of the five people we spend time with. So what do you want to look like in five years, in one year, in 20 years? What do you want your life to be like? Look for those people that will encourage you, that will hold you accountable and listen. Because I had people encouraging me. I had people coming to me with concerns. I had people giving me direction, godly direction, and I didn't heed it. I was told by one of the elders of our church, says, Joel, you're a lone ranger in this. We've been watching you. We know you. And you come to church, you bring your family, believe you love the Lord. You know the Lord, but you're a lone ranger. You're not meant to do this life alone. You'll get encircled. You'll get taken out. And that's exactly what happened to me. So don't do this life alone and don't do it with the wrong people. And look for people that are going to lift you up. They're going to encourage you. They're going to push you, hold you accountable, give you the right information and be in the word of God every day. Love it. Great advice. We are the average of who we spend the most time around. Typically, what we're looking at, listening to, reading, it does affect us. It reminds me of that saying, we were born looking like our parents, we die looking like our choices. I mean, it's a big deal, the choices we make and the influences that we're around impact the choices that we make or the lack thereof. As you said, if we're just off on our own, not always a super safe place to be. And I think it takes humility to realize, hey, I don't have it all. I need help. And that's what I see in you and why I look up to you so much is you're an amazing example of someone who is humble that has a lot that you could be arrogant about, but you're not. And you know who you are, where you've come from. Do you have like a favorite success quote that stands out to you you might be willing to share? I have two quotes. They're both Proverbs. One of them is what my wife and I it's kind of our life verse when we left California, when we left everything behind and we didn't know what we were going into and what we were getting into and what the Lord had planned. But we went to Proverbs 16:3, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. And you know what I get out of that is he doesn't say commit your plans to the Lord, but it says commit your work, you know, just whatever we're going to do. 
maybe it's not the most desirable thing for the time. Maybe it's a harder thing than you want, you know, but maybe it's the best, greatest thing that you want to do. Whatever it is, just do it. Commit it to the Lord and trust him and your plans will be established. He will establish those. And then also Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which happen to be the proverb we're going through as a family today. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. And that's a huge one because when we left out of California, it didn't make sense to a lot of people. And we get kind of comfortable or complacent at times because of our situation. And the Lord stirs us up to do something and it may not make sense to the world. They're like, oh, you're doing fine there. Why would you make that decision? Well, we have to lean on him and his understanding and not on my own. My own, I got voices in my head telling me all kinds of things. And if I listen to those on a regular basis, I wind up where I was before. That's what you were saying, Alan, earlier. Well, you were on your own. I said, oh, I had plenty of voices talking to me then, even worse than what I had physically. Right. And they weren't positive messages? Mm -mm. That's a daily thing for me. I mean, even every day I have to fight that battle. I have to win that battle in my head. And some days I win, some days I lose, some days I come out bruised. You know, it's just, it is what it is. But what we put in and what we look at and who we're around and our environment is going to determine what we do. Absolutely. Great word there. What would you say is one habit that has helped you become successful, Joel? Consistency. And I say that because it's a habit, but it's a struggle that I deal with. It's a struggle that I've dealt with all my life is getting in the weight room and doing well for three months and then doing bad for three years, eating well for three days and going on a binge for 15 years. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's consistency. I, I know the right things. I know a lot of these right things. People give me encouragement in those areas. I read about them. But do we get up and do those? Do I get up and start my day off in the word of God? I try to. And most days I do thank the Lord, but it's imperfect. Do I cut it short because I got up late? Do I miss a workout because I didn't plan for this? Consistency is huge. And consistency is what transformed my health. Consistency is what grows my walk with the Lord. Consistency is what helps me train in whatever industry I am. I mean, I went into an industry in automotive repair that I had no background in. Coming from a farm, you get to learn how to do a lot of different things. So that blessing, you know, and so you can apply all these things. But consistency, just studying what you need to study, waking up and doing it again, waking up and doing it again. And so I struggle with it, but that has been the key. It's a good word. I, I was talking with one of our daughters, Caitlin, last night about some books that she was wanting recommendations on. And I was sharing with her about The Compound Effect, one of my favorite books of all time. And it's all about that topic of consistency and how consistent actions can compound in a positive way. And I love that reminder. What would you say is one of the best pieces of advice that you ever received from somebody else? That's a good question. I guess I I hadn't pondered that, but there's so many things that have contributed to getting me through to where I'm at and what helped me today. But I have to say, digging into the word of God, like really digging. And too many times I read over it because it's what I'm doing at the time. And don't get me wrong, a day in the word or a day in the gym and even a bad day in the word and a bad day in the gym is better than no day. But going the extra effort. Don't get it just into a repetition to where it's just something I do and I'm not getting anything out of it, but digging in and searching and laboring 
to find out what God has for me. And that's been the most productive, the best advice I've gotten. I love it. Is there a book that you might recommend for the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway audience? You know, the compound effect was a huge one for me. It really opened up my eyes into that consistency area. We went through it. I went through it with you and I share it with so many people. But probably one that really impacted me was the will of God is the word of God, James McDonald. And it just changed how I look at life, how I make decisions. And the word lays out how we should function, how we should make decisions. And if we know it well, we aren't having to pause all the time and say, should I do this? Should I do that? We'll act as a well-trained athlete. You know, these guys get the basics down so well that it's just reaction. They don't even have to think about it, but they always practice the basics. Right. They think, why are you doing that? No, they don't even want to have to think about that. They want to be able to just get out there. And when times get tough, they're not having to pause and get hit and beat up. They're just moving through it. And I believe that, that we need to know the word of God so well. And I've failed at that and I struggle with that, but I am committed to it that it becomes who we are. And that could be for, you know, whatever you're doing, whatever you want to succeed at. And I want to succeed at glorifying the Lord. And so I want to know him and I want to know how to react when things come at me and things are going to come at me every day. Things already came at me this morning. (laughs) So it's just the way it is. But yeah, that would be it. Love it. What would you say as we wrap this up, Joel, what is something that you're really excited about when you think about the future, maybe something you're working on, just some anything, just something you think about when you think about the future that excites you? I think what excites me and scares me to death is that the Lord has big things for each one of us. And as I was talking with Gabby, I talked to her a couple of times and even some other friends of, of mine recently, I think the Lord is stirring, stirring in us. And, and I was like, man, the last time I felt him stirring we moved across the country. And I said, I don't know if I'm ready for that, but are we ever ready? I mean, the Lord works in our weakness and I would have never known what he had if I hadn't taken that step of faith. And so I think what excites me is exercising that muscle of faith today and this year. What we've been talking about is, man, we reflect on last year. What are we going to do differently? We can say no to those things that didn't work out so well or down with that and encourage and let's do more of the things that did work out well. And maybe there's things that we haven't tried yet. Let's embrace some of that and commit it to the Lord and let's move forward. And by faith, maybe it costs us something. It should cost us something. Maybe it's something we've never done. Maybe we have no idea what the outcome is going to be, but just trusting that the Lord's going to have something bigger on the other side of it. It's an exciting place to be. I love your vision for the future, trusting him with whatever it is he calls you and each of us to do. What is the best way for our listeners to connect with you, Joel, and follow along on your journey? As far as social media, you'll find me at Joel Merritt on Facebook. That's about as much as I put myself out on social media. And yeah, you can reach me there. You can message me there, friend me there. And other than that, this is where I'm at. Sounds great. Do you have any closing comment to share with our listeners? I would say that our past doesn't define us. Our mistakes, our crimes, our failures, our families, what we're born into, that doesn't define us. Just because we commit a crime doesn't make us a criminal. You know, just because we've struggled with alcohol doesn't make us an alcoholic. 
I mean, there is victory in Christ. And what are you going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? Are we going to make a decision and not go that way? Seek the help we need because there's help out there. And there is a way. I guarantee that. I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in other people's lives because there were a lot of people that went through these things that helped me get through them. And there's hope. So just remember, stop that thinking in your head that, well, I've done this or I've done that and that's who I am. That is so not true. That is not true. I love it. What a good word to go out on that, that our past failures and mistakes do not define us. I can't thank you enough for taking time to come on here with us in the middle of your busy day and get to share openly and candidly about your past failures and challenges you've been through. And you've touched on so many that I'm sure will apply to so many listeners and encourage so many people. Thank you for making time to do that for us. I really appreciate everything you shared. Thank you, Alan. If you love this podcast, grab some of Alan's free resources on his website at alanblain.com, spelled A-L-L-A-N-B-L-A-I-N.com. You can also find links to Alan's Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok there in his contact page. Lastly, if you can leave a five-star review for us on your favorite podcast app, that will get these messages out to more people and it will really mean the world to us. Thanks in advance and make it a great day.